Blog Talk Radio.
and performing for me, man. I ran into a small issue uh, that kind of tied me up um, Monday night. I had some car issues that I had to get to and tend to. Uh, but now I'm back up and running. Everything is smooth, so I figured um, I would give the people what I initially sought out to deliver, which was an interview uh, with uh, one of Mike Brown's relatives, um, lovely lady by the name of Joanna. I have her here with me. going to open up your line in just a second. Um, but first, I want to get into a few announcements that we got, things that we got going on in My Astrology Coach. Uh, first, visit the website, www.myastrologycoach.com. Go to events, uh, and you'll see, uh, I think we right at the 30-day mark, uh, the trip for Sedona. We're going to be out in Sedona, Arizona, uh, for the fall equinox. Uh, I think this is our third time out there to Sedona. Uh, taking it in, uh, we, we celebrate these powerful points um, that 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 manifest certain energies on this planet. We take advantage uh, of these things, and uh, we project our intent uh, into uh, these particular regions of space in order to bring forth things, um, to clear things, to reflect on things, to manifest things. So. Uh, we're going to be out there on one of the biggest vortexes uh, in North America, which is Sedona. Uh, we've had so many experiences there. Um, phenomenal. Uh, you should see some of the photos that we have, uh, some of the light orbs that show up uh, when we go to some of these vortexes, and um, we get into the ceremonial aspect. And take it back to our roots, uh, taking it back to our roots, really, really getting, in, getting into um, – what it feels like to be part of indigenous thinking, indigenous culture. Um, you know, things are moving so fast in this society, so much technology. Um, there's just a lot of stuff going on. It's hard to really just get time out for yourself and clear your mind and just be quiet and focused and, and really see, uh, you know, what's, what's the internal problem with self. You know, so many things going on we, we attribute a lot of our problems to a lot of external things, but there's going on inwardly that we're having an issue with, uh, and it's showing up as a reflection or a mirror in this reality uh, in order for us to face it. So we're going to be out in Sedona um, getting it in, man, uh, visiting these vortexes. We're going to take the people on a tour. Uh, I don't know if we're going to the Grand Canyon or not this time, but the last time, the last couple times we went, the last couple times we went, we actually um, did visit the Grand Canyon, so I don't know if we're going to do that. Still getting the itinerary together, but nonetheless, it's always a phenomenal time. So hit the website up, go to events. If you're interested in getting there, um, you better get on it now because time is really, really winding down. Like I said, we at the 30-day mark. Um, so if you want to make plans, go ahead and make plans and arrange arrange time to get there. Um, what else is going on? Uh, we got we got the Bullion Dollar Manifestation Tour coming up in October uh, 16th, 17th, right up in that area where we're going to go down to Atlanta, um, and we're going to actually go into the Federal Reserve Bank. We're going to go on a tour. Uh, they're going to give us a virtual, uh, not a virtual, but a, a live tour uh, where we go in, and uh, they let us in the vault, and 
They give us a brief history on money and how it's circulated in uh, the current is circulated in the United States, how it winds up in your pocket, et cetera, et cetera. And um, the reason we're going to be doing this is because um, it's a science to learning how to manifest, right? Um, and it takes discipline and it takes time and repetition. But the the idea is is when your senses are engaged uh, with imagery, right, and sound, right, and all these things, these electrical signals that bombard you, your your, your physical vessel in this reality, um, it stimulates things in your brain, right? And when the brain takes in imagery, right, and other uh, forms of, 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 of communication, right, it it doesn't differentiate between what's real and what's not. Um, so you can, in a sense, program what it is you want out of this reality from the imagery, the sound, the smell, the touch of things that you interface with on a day-to-day basis, right? Give you an example, and this will be real brief. Um, earlier this year in January, the UConn Huskies NCAA men's basketball team, they wanted like an eight- or nine-game winning streak to begin the season. They went to Texas, and they lost two games in the state of Texas while they were on a road trip. So the coach, Kevin Ali, decided to take the team to uh, the AT&T Stadium where the final four would actually be held, right, in April. So they were there in January. Three months later was going to be uh, the final four where the championship would be played. Well, when he took them inside of the AT&T Stadium where the final four would be played, he took them on a tour. This is exactly how they worded it in the article. He said he took his team on a tour of the AT&T Stadium, walked walked them around the the columns and the – the seating arrangements, and took them down to the floor, took them in the locker room, and he told them he wanted them to visualize themselves there, um, standing under the confetti, wearing the national championship shirts and the hats, and hoisting the trophy, right? Well, three months later, and for those that don't follow sports, the NCAA tournament starts out with like 66-some-odd teams, right? And it's a one-game elimination, so it's not like pro, professional, where it's three games, five games, seven game elimination. It's one and you're done. You lose and you out. You win and you advance. So you got 66 teams that have the potential to make it all the way to the Final Four and actually win the whole thing, right? Well, the UConn Huskies came in ranked at a number seven seed, right, which is extremely low, which means it was seven, 14, 21. Uh, roughly 26, 27 teams that were ranked ahead of them that, high, that had a higher probability to win as far as their record and their strength of schedule was concerned, right? This is how Vegas is placing the odds. Well, UConn Huskies made it all the way to the Final Four, and they won the national championship in the same building that the coach took them to and told them to visualize themselves there three months in advance. Coincidence? Or is there some science to that? You see? 
So we're going to be down in Atlanta. We're going to the Federal Reserve Bank. We want people to infuse themselves in the reality of abundance because um, we all know that currency is important. We need to be able to move and groove and freeze things up in our reality to expand and explore, advance in our horizons and whatnot. And from there, we're going to take it to the mounds where we ground the energy out. We're going to the, to the Kalamoki mounds where these mounds were built by the our indigenous ancestors of this landmass, and they aligned them based off star alignment, similar to how our ancestors in Egypt built the pyramids alone and now to match certain star configurations. Same thing was going on over here, uh, but they did it by way of earthworks and mounds. So we're going to go there. We're going to ground the energy out. And we're going to get into the thing there. So anybody that's interested in that, visit the website, uh, the Bullion Dollar Manifestation Tour. It's a whole lot of history behind why those dates. I'm not going to get into it today on the show. Not right now, at least. Maybe if we have some time towards the end, I'll elaborate on it uh, in a little bit more detail. So both of those trips are available. Uh, we got two options. Uh, either you can you can meet us there if you're already in the area, right, and we have it at a discounted rate if you meet us there where you engage with us, where we go do the ceremonial work and we go to some of these um, sites and, and, and participate in some of these events. If you're already in the area, if you're already in the Atlanta area or somewhere close by where you can drive in, uh, we have a price for that. If you're already somewhere out uh, in the Sedona area or somewhere close where you can drive in, we have a meet us there price. If not, we have another package where you can come out and we take care of your hotel stay for three nights and all of your transportation while you're there. Right, um, so that's also available. So anybody that's interested in those things, go to the website, events, sign up, and just browse the web website. Outside of that, man, Nova got a Hebrew class coming up, a uh, very very powerful class uh, where I think you learn like how to read a hundred sentences or something, and over forty Hebrew words, and uh, he compiles the data uh, and he gets it in, man. That, that dude there's a Kabbalah Hebrew whiz. So you don't want to miss that. It's coming up. I think it's actually in a couple of days. So if you're interested, you better get there fast and sign up for that. Um, outside of that, man, uh, just stay abreast with us. Uh, we got a bunch of radio shows coming up. Noble and Keisha's about to be back out doing the Astro Tarot Hour thing. Uh, then Noble's got something coming up. Uh, I think we're going to be launching after the fall equinox as far as all of these radio shows are concerned. But just stay abreast with us, man. Um, uh, leave your email on the website, sign up on the mailing list. We'll send you all the stuff that we got coming up, everything that we got going on. Uh, and that's pretty much it, man. So I want to welcome you all to this broadcast tonight. Thank you once again for coming. And the intro song, I'm going to explain why I played, why I chose that song, why the Kanye West joint was banging there with the um, put your hands to the constellations, right? You see everybody walking around in Ferguson, Missouri, right, with their hands up, right? And they're saying, hands up, don't shoot, hands up, don't shoot. And there's a lot of people with a lot of opinions about that, right? Some people are going in, going into the Masonic lore and what that represents. And um, some people are saying, you know, it's just senseless. You know, and everybody has a right to their opinion. But me, what I like to do is take things and remix it and to uh, create our own dynamic of how we're perceiving the reality that we live in, right? So, so, uh, Joanna, I know you're on the line. Anybody else who's listening in from Ferguson, Missouri, tell them to put their hands up to the constellations because when we're done tonight, okay, you're going to understand that by way of celestial waves and energy, we can create events on this planet to shake this thing up, and I mean in a hurry, 
Well, everybody in Ferguson, that's the theme song. Put your hands to the constellations because that's where the energy is at, and that's subconsciously what, what the real program is, is saying, put your hands up to the constellations and draw down this energy by way of these waves to create phenomenon on this planet uh, and use light and waves as your defense, quote-unquote, your defense mechanism against the enemy or the beast who is uh, perpetrating this, this event. So with that, I'm going to go to my my uh, guest tonight. Let's see here. All right, call us from the 314-517. Joanna, you there? Yes, I'm here. Hey, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing all right, and yourself? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. I want to I want to thank you once again for making time out of your schedule. I know it's a lot of things going on down there with the family. Um, uh, we're honored to have you on tonight as a guest to elaborate some of the things that have transpired and some of the things that are actually going on on the ground in Ferguson. Um, someone with a close connection, obviously family, uh, who actually lives in the town where things are happening. So many conflicting stories coming out in the news, uh, a lot of propaganda campaigns being run uh, for various purposes and reasons. But uh, for the community that I'm in and for the community at large, the world, who's ever listening in to this show, whether on this line tonight, listening in the, in the archives, or actually on their computers right now listening to this show, it's good to hear people on the ground who can actually give their testimony. And I never forget this when we went to um, when we went to New Orleans uh, this past spring for the spring equinox in in New Orleans. We met an angel down there, right? Uh, brother down there, uh, uh, I can't recall his name. It's right on the tip of my tongue. No boy, come on and refresh my memory. But it was the brother down there who um, who we met and. Uh, he when we were when we were visiting some of the sacred sites down there, uh, he was telling us about Katrina firsthand, right? And it was so vivid, right? And the stories were so plush and full of life. Uh, I mean, I was just <clears throat> I was just blown away. You know what I mean? Because I was actually getting it from a native who actually lived through it, actually went through it, um, and had been on the ground and, and, and where circumstances were ruckus and wild and people were actually surviving for their life. So um, to have somebody on that's, that's close to it is, is important. So we're going to get uh, what we can from, from Joanna tonight in regards to what's going on on the ground. So my, my first question to you tonight, Joanna, is um, – because I want to I wanna center the attention back around Michael, right? I, I want to bring okay. the focus and the attention back to Michael because with all of the propaganda campaigns that are running, uh, the, 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 the narrative and the insight is kind of swaying away from the matter at hand, which is the killing of an unarmed black male uh, in Ferguson, right? So this and this is right. this is the 
this is this is the this is the template for for what for everything else that has sprung from that. And tonight we're going to get into some deeper things as far as the spiritual component is concerned, but we're going to deal with it on the ground level for now. Tell me, Joanna, what was your relationship like with Mike Mike? What what, what type of bond did you all have as cousins? Um, we were real close, you know. Um, you know, always around each other, you know. Most of the time, he's asking me to take him to the store more than anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He was very sweet, nice person, you know. Funny, stayed to himself, you know. Even if he knocked on your door, you step back before, you know, give you a space, you know. Um, mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. loved his music, you know. He stayed with headphones on. Like, if there's a party going on, you catch Mike Mike sitting on the couch listening to music in his own zone. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He was just, you know, quiet. But at the same time, you know, around family, he wasn't as shy as if he was around, like, three family members and everybody else's friends. You understand what I'm saying? He had mm-hmm. to those family members, but, you know, be looking on the lookout like, okay, this is my family, mm-hmm. though, you know? Absolutely. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, okay. Miss his smile and his, you know, I used to call him Teddy Bear because he was so big, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so big mm-hmm. and tall. Right, 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 right. Well, that's that's good. That's good. Um. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna ask you this question. When the when the incident first happened with Michael, um, because we saw some of the the aftermath after the first day, but I want to know mm-hmm. when it first occurred, what was the initial response from the natives in the town? Like, 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 you know, what was the pulse like when it first happened? Um, when, like, when it first happened, I found out, I was actually asleep, you know, I woke up, and I got all these missed calls, you know, and my gut told me to get on Facebook, so I got on Facebook, and I saw a Ferguson police SUV truck and a man laying in the middle of the street, so my first instinct was, I got the most missed calls from my sister, I decided to call her back because she was already in Ferguson. So mm-hmm. I called her and she was crying and I knew something was wrong. I said, what's going on? What's wrong? And he said, the um, police officers killed Mike Mike. And I just instantly got up, got my daughter and just went down the street to Ferguson. There was no, oh, thinking to change or anything like that. I just went, you know. Mm -hmm. I know I needed to be there. At the time, there was nobody, there was no no family members on the scene at all but my sister. So when she got there, you know, she was going crazy and stuff, ran down the street to uh, Mama D house, which is Mike Mike's grandma, and Mm -hmm. um, Called the family, and the family came down the street, you know, just in shock, you know, crying. And, you know, after they identified the body and knew it was Mike Mike, you know, 
since right at that moment, it was going crazy. His mom had to find mm-hmm. out because she was at work, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think just everything, everybody knew. And especially it being right down the street in your own city, everybody down there, you know. Mm-hmm. They want to know, like, why is he laying in the street for four and a half hours uncovered? You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of questions on why this happened or why they waited for this. You know, the EMT, ambulance, and everything was there. They were not moving at all. Just mm-hmm. sitting there, looking around, like, everything okay. You mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. 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 There's a lot um, of emotion behind that, though. Mm-hmm. No, it's understandable. Um, emotion. Um, and and any kind say, say it again, sis. No, I said there's a lot of emotions going on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. In the town, right? Because uh, it's very little information as far as my vantage point and what I've observed. It's very little information that has come out about this officer, right? Has, right. Since the time since the time that they released his name to the public and, and obviously the people in the town have, have gotten wind of who the culprit is, has there been any whispers on the ground level about this cop? Like, is, is, is anybody saying anything? Because, you know, they're trying to make it seem like this guy doesn't have any record. He, he's never had any history of uh, abusing his authority. Uh, and I know when I've looked at some of the issues with the police in Ferguson, I saw some stuff. Like, I early today, I had a few words with this guy, uh, you know, you know, trying to paint the picture like, oh, whatever comes from out of the police's mouth is the holy grail. Like, it's, you know, it's just it, 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 this, this is how it's being reported from them, and this is what it is. And then I had to drop a link on the dude to show him where they actually – were caught lying in another instance where they arrested the wrong guy, beat him up in a cell, bloodied him almost unconscious, and uh, I mean it was just a it was just a terrible story, you know. And they got caught uh, perjury, uh, but you know nobody went to jail. The judges was actually actually like you know it's just a minor offense, and you know. But anyway, so. Has there been any whispers on the ground about what the people in the neighborhood may have been saying about their interactions with this cop who committed this crime? Well, you know, people have been saying that, you know, he's only about 30 years old. He hasn't really done anything. He's been on the line for four and a half years, four and a half years. But my thing is you should have some type of, you know, Discipline when it comes to you confronting people on the streets or using your weapon. You know, there could have been several different ways that you could have, you know, avoided killing them. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, you could have used a taser. You could have shot him in his leg. You understand what I'm saying? If someone's running away from you, you could have shot him in his leg. You know, you know there's mm-hmm. people saying they... Of course, he's going to be in protective custody, you know, and not around or anything. But you got 
some Ferguson officers that are out there at night protesting and stuff that are really for his side. You know what I'm saying? Talking bad mm-hmm. back to the, you know, community that's out there. There was a lady out there last night with a sign saying, uh, Darren Wilson is not wrong or something like that. And, uh, and the, you know, the little military people that they got down here to protect this lady because those protesters wanted to beat her up. Literally. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So it just, you know, I feel like there's certain stuff that they're putting out there in order to, you know, mess up his character and, you know, to make this officer look like he was right when, you mm-hmm. know, he was wrong. And I don't think all Absolutely. these people would be out here protesting if they did not think it was wrong. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I'm in 100% agreement with you on that. Um, uh, I want to ask you, you mentioned, you mentioned the police having to protect this lady who was down there with the sign. Uh, I've been seeing a lot of imagery uh uh, with the police presence down there, how authentic is how authentic is it what we're seeing? Uh, I mean, are they really out there with these rifles pointed at people? Like, give me, give oh, me. Yeah. They are out mm-hmm. here with rifles. They're out here with M16s. They're out here with rubber bullet guns, shotguns. You know, it's other people out here, regular residents and. Community people out here with guns. You know, um, people got kids that are throwing tear gas, and people are picking up the cans and throwing it right back to them. Oh, it gets live down here at night from about mm-hmm. seven thirty to about mm, roughly five in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. yeah, it's, they out there with sticks and everything, shields, gas masks. Um, you know, they'll walk up on you, you know, shine the light in your face, spray spray the mace in your face. It's ridiculous down there. But, you know, I tell people, don't ever just sit behind a computer screen and just, you know, talk so bad about your city when you haven't even stepped foot out to go feel how anybody else feels. You understand what I'm saying? There's people that you wouldn't thought that wouldn't even come out their house to go down there and go down there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They said this stuff mm-hmm. is real. Mm-hmm. You know, that's mm-hmm. been making people, yeah, there's people that are afraid to be at home. You know, people mm-hmm. are scared mm-hmm. to even go to work. There's people outside of their jobs can't even go to work no more. Because, of course, the quick trip is burned down. I feel like, I feel like all the focus is taken off Mike Mike. I feel like it's on the, the violence, the rioting, the cops. <laughs> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. All the looting and stuff. I feel like all of the focus is on that and what everybody else is doing, and not justice for Mike Mike. You know what I'm saying? Mhm. 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 So. Mhm. It's just the media is crazy. When I'm at home, I try not to watch the TV at all because it just right. you know listening to the TV last night, I was crying, seeing how bad they talking about Michael. It hurts, mm-hmm. like, because he's not that type of person of what they're trying to make it seem like. 
propaganda at its finest uh, to create this illusionment uh, around the situation um, uh, to invoke uh, the sense of, you know, you know, I keep hearing this, right? I keep hearing, uh, they keep saying, well, the cop was uh, fighting for his life and he was fearful. And I said, listen, man, I said, I said whatever they're saying took place inside of that vehicle is all speculation. Uh, right. Especially coming from anybody in the police department, right? Now, mm-hmm. Because you can't really you can't really take it on face value from the people who were directly involved in the situation, being one man who cannot even uh, give his side of the story because he's no longer with us, and another who now is in a position where people are calling for his head, literally, right? So uh, the only testimony that you can really take is from people who witnessed it that were secondary, in a sense, to the circumstance. So when I hear uh, them saying stuff like, oh, well, you know, uh, he the cop got injured and, you know, he punched him in the face, like all of these things are speculatory, and the biggest gang in the world called the police are going to always narrative around in order to protect one of their own, right? So you can't, you can't, what you but what you can do you, so you cannot look at that and hear that from the quote unquote uh, the, you know, the 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 head of the department in Ferguson like John Belmar I think his name is right you can't take mm-hmm. that and hear that and be able to, and let that seep in into your observation of the situation but what you can do is look at all of the facts that don't denote uh, verbal testimony, right? Mm-hmm. What, we, what we do know is, is that he had no gun. We know this. What, right. we also know, what we also know is that the body of Michael Brown was found 25 to 30 feet away from the vehicle. Now, right. common sense tells a person, right, by the way, mm-hmm. and, 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 and they're trying to use this as a uh, uh, leverage to say, well, he didn't get shot in the back. Well, I'm going to tell you something, though. That might work in his favor because if the body was 30 feet away from the vehicle and all of the bullets went into uh, the front of Michael's body, Using the argument that the police are full for his life is almost laughable because that means if the, you got out of your vehicle, you got out of your vehicle and shot this young boy down, right, 30 right. feet away from the car. And all of the bullets entered into the front part of his body, so you saw no visible weapon. You, you can't lie and say his back was to you and you thought he had a gun in his hand. He was facing you. He was right. facing you. You see? So um, mm-hmm. we we do know that. 
We do know that the body was found 30 feet away from the vehicle and that there was no gun. So I really don't buy the whole he was fearful for his life because you had to get out of your vehicle and actually chase the man down because he had ran away from the vehicle. Right. It wasn't a you, – you didn't scuffle with him for 30 feet, you see? So anyway, right. moving, moving forward from there, um, uh, what was I going to ask you? Uh, as far as the looting is concerned, we don't have to stay on this long because we want to keep the focus on Mike, Mike. But the looting, because I'm hearing a lot of reports that the looting is coming from people who actually don't even stay in the town. That's true. Is, it, is that true? Yes, that is true. Okay, all right. So, so uh, we had loot come all the way down here from Chicago. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Traveling in from all over the world, all over, well, that too, maybe the world, but definitely within the Midwest, I'm sure. Um, I want to ask you this, because we spoke earlier about something. Um, well, i ask you this first. As far as the protesting is concerned, are there a lot of women on the front lines in the daytime? And is, is the woman's presence there in the evening as well? Because it's been a lot of uh, debating back and forth about should the women be out there on the front lines and so forth and so on. So from a person who's been on the ground, are, is there a lot of women on the front line both in the daytime, daytime and after the sun actually goes down? What is the, what is the presence like of, of, of the women down there in Ferguson as far as the protesting is concerned? Oh, uh, the women down there in Ferguson, they go hard. They're mm-hmm. out there just mm-hmm. like the men. They're out there. From the time that I come down there every morning to visit them, which is around like nine in the morning, and mm-hmm. they're down there and got their signs out, ready to start it all up over again. And some of them be mm-hmm. out there all day long, from the mm-hmm. time they wake up to the time they, you know, start mm-hmm. telling people that they need to go home, go inside the home. They come over on my phone. And you know mm-hmm. what, right when they do that and people don't want to go home, they'll start harassing you, making you do stuff, you know. So they have a reason to throw tear gas or, you know, they got helicopters out here. They even got them mm-hmm. all the way over here where I stay. And I'm like um, about 15 minutes down the street from Ferguson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And they got the, okay. Another um um just yesterday another guy got shot and killed by the police over here. Right, um, right. I I saw that. Um, Bob I saw that. Mm-hmm. I saw that. I saw that. And, we just and, and, and also. Was, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I don't want to cut you. Go ahead. Oh, what he was. What was um, we just found out from the news that he was mentally retarded. You know. He stole a honey bun. They said a donut on the news or whatever. Mm-hmm. And had a pocket knife on him. So they felt threatened and they killed him. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So what is the uh the spiritual leaders in the community? Um, how have they responded? How have the the pastors, mm-hmm. the preachers um, 
the quote-unquote men of God, women of God, how have they responded to the Mike Brown situation and and what efforts have they put forth down there to to lend their services and whatnot, if you you don't mind elaborating. Well, the church we've been in, I would think, you know, godly people are, you know, walk by God's faith and everything like that, you know, but, you know, some of the stuff that was done at the church was a little shaky, you know, um, to the point of when you take donations and ask people for donations and you're turning off lights and hiding checks and stuff like that, I feel like if it's for Mike Brown, why don't you give it to Mike Brown? You never said that, oh, half the money's going to the church, you know. Mm-hmm. It wasn't for that. You know, they didn't. You know, elaborate on that, but mm-hmm. some lights so, were turned so, off and money was stuck up under the door. Just a lot mm-hmm. of stuff going wrong that you know Reverend Al Sharpton didn't like. Oh, so Reverend Al didn't like it. Okay, okay. Right. <laughs> you know, he okay. had beeped it out that nobody was in the room where the money was being counted from the family. So he asked mm-hmm. that you know. Two family members being there from both sides of the family, the dad's side and the mom's side. And, you know, they were real protective of the doors, wouldn't let nobody in, wouldn't let to talk, talk to nobody or anything like that. We would have to go get Al Sharpton to get anything through to them because the church was just all about the money. Right, as as usually they are, right? Uh, uh, yeah. No surprise, right? That's the, you know, you know, uh, uh, but uh, what else did I want to ask you as far as the situation is concerned? Um, do you – I talked to you earlier. Uh, this was maybe earlier in the week uh, when I actually had you come on to look at that mini presentation that I, that I showed you uh-huh. in regards to uh, the phenomenon, right, that's what I'm about to get into in one moment. But Okay. At the vigil, at the vigil for Mike, Mike, there was a tombstone down there that read, uh, it had a black five-point star, and it had uh, star power prayers, and a yep. crown was on the right side of the tombstone where they made mm-hmm. the vigil at the spot where Mike Brown was murdered. Do you have right. any idea how that got there? Has any has anything came up? Because I know we spoke about it before. Has anybody made any reference to where they came from or who put that there? You know, we've been having people um, come from everywhere. You know, and actually, when that came, I didn't think nothing too much of it until I had talked to you. But a lady had dropped that off and just put it there. And then, you know, shortly after I talked to you, I remember when you said star power, it was on that little gray tombstone. And I'm actually looking at my camera right now. I have it on my phone. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 Well, that's interesting because me and my partner, we really, we, 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 we look at these phenomenons and uh, we try to get some insight to it because we look for signs and symbols all the time because um, this is how God speaks to the wise is through symbols and signs 
and being able to orientate them into your mind uh, to give you a, a clearer understanding of, of really the time that you're in and whatever time you may be living in, whether it's been 6,000 years ago, 2,000, 1,000, 500 up until now, uh, mm-hmm. signs and symbols are, are, are very important uh, methods to understand how the universe and God is relaying a message. So, you know, you always hear that, 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 that slogan, you know, signs and symbols are for the, for the wise and for the conscious mind. Um, before I get into uh, my part of the, uh, the program tonight, um, I know when I first spoke to you, you said it was some words that Michael left with you uh, in regards to, uh, you know, right before he passed. If you don't mind yeah. sharing those words, would, would, you, would you mind, do you mind sharing those words with the people here this evening? Yeah, I can share. Um, two days before Mike Mike got killed by Darren Wilson, we were actually at his grandma's house talking and just chilling like we always do. And um, he has said, um, the world going to know me, y'all. The world going to know me. He said, my mama's not going to ever have to worry about nothing. She's going to be straight. And I'm just thinking, like, Mike, Mike, you say a lot of crazy stuff at times, you know? So mm-hmm. he was like, no, I'm for real. I said, okay, Mike, Mike. So he just started, you know, um, back talking, you know, normal. But I just mm-hmm. said it goes to show you that it goes to show you that you have to listen to people when they're talking to you because you never know there may be a sign or something telling you something. Now, when he said that, I didn't think two days later he wouldn't be here, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they say mm-hmm. it's certain stuff that people try to tell you to warn you about things and, you know. Mm-hmm. Never ever saw this coming. See, you never want to lose a loved one anything and it's like God already prepared him for this I Mm -hmm. felt like Mm -hmm. when he told us that and then two days later this happened it made me feel like okay God was letting him know okay his time is coming soon Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and you know Mm -hmm. the family that was over there we're close family that he's around all the time. So I just felt like that was our last gathering with him, you know. Right. Mhm. 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 I appreciate you again spending your time here with us tonight, giving us your insight on this very delicate situation, y'all. Thought that listening, you know, this is a blood relative of Joanna's and. um takes a lot of strength to be able to come on, uh, especially with so much stuff going on, all these emotions flying mm-hmm. all over the place. Um, you know, you have to deal with this bombardment of negative press and propaganda. Uh, so to be able to come on and share your story uh, and tell it the best way you know how about the circumstances and the situations and your relationship with Mike Mike, uh, we commend you. And we give you a big, big round of applause uh, from all the people in our community and people around the world who are listening. You know, uh, 
I'm quite right. sure they, they probably got something from this, took something from this, um, you know, on, on different levels. You know, people interpret things all kind of ways, but um, I'm sure it was something useful um, that your voice uh, was, was, was for this evening. Um, so I did want to let uh, you know, sorry for interrupting mm-hmm. you, but I did want to mm-hmm. let you know that there's a lot of foundations that are out here, but I wanted to let the... You know, the people that are listening know what the real foundation is because there's a lot of people that make fake, you know, Michael Brown foundations and is collecting people's money. So I would like mm-hmm. to give you the real one. It's Michael Brown Jr. Memorial Foundation, Fifth Third Bank. And that right, is say Michael it, say Brown it again. Jr. Mm-hmm. Michael Brown Jr. Memorial Foundation, Fifth Third Bank. All right, so y'all got it. Michael, Mike, say it again. Michael, what is it again? Michael Brown Jr. Memorial Foundation, Fifth Third Bank. All right, so everybody out there, right, get your wands up, um, whatever you can, uh, any donation is a good donation at this time. You know what I mean? The family's going through a lot. Um, you know, we got to finance our own movements. This is very, very important. Nobody else is going to finance our move, movements for us. Um, right. So we have to invest in ourselves. We have to find value again in ourselves. Uh, you know, a lot of the stores in that neighborhood, a lot of people tripping on the looting of the stores, but my stance is always this, right? Like, yeah, most stores in black communities are 80% or more are owned by foreigners, right? And they come into our communities, right? They get filthy rich. They stay there for 20, 30, 40 years. You see their children take over the, 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 the corporation, the business, right? Over years mm-hmm. and years and years, right? But... What we have to start doing as people is holding these people who come in our community and get rich accountable. When the last time have we walked in a neighborhood store and asked them, what have you given back to this community that has made you millions of dollars? Have you had any back-to-school programs, any, any, uh, any cookouts for the people who come to support your business? You know, what, have, what type of events have you thrown to people in the summertime? Uh, any block clubs, like we have to start, if we're not going to get into business, which is really the first order of the day, right, pulling together our finances as a community of people and rooting these people out of our communities to circulate finance amongst ourselves and build our own empire, this is how it has to be done. But in the meantime, strategy is important. So we have to go in here, we have to demand that these people who make millions of dollars for centuries, half a century at a time, demand that they put immunity that made them wealthy, right? We have to do that. So all of those stores, the people in Ferguson, do that. Ask those people, what have you given back to this community that has made you wealthy and has sent your children to college, mm-hmm. right? Uh, good schools, good, good colleges, big-time tuition, right, who have funded your life insurance policies, right? And all these other things, right? We have to start holding these people accountable and going there asking asking these daring questions and uh, 
passing the word to the people in the community that don't do business there because they don't give back, right? And and do your own town halls where we get together and we start discussing how to build finance and currency in our own community. And that's the first way that we take back the community is by taking control of the finances that circulate through it. Um, so those are just some of the things. But you all uh, get to the foundation and donate. I'm going to make a donation myself. Thank you, Joanna, for forwarding that information to the people um, so that Mike Brown and his family do not want for anything at this particular time where they need to pull together all of their resources to make sure that they can fight this thing all the way through to get justice on some level for uh, that warrior soul that um, transcended this physical plane. If it's anything else, Joanne, that you want to elaborate on real quick, go ahead because um, I'm about to get into the my funeral spiel. Is Monday. The funeral is Monday. It will be broadcast on the news if you guys are watching down there. Um, we're doing it at um, Friendly Temple Church, and it seats like over 3,000 people, so not too prepared, but you got to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, That's right. You got to do it. You got to do it. Um, so, I just so, hope so everybody what? comes together and be peaceful at this, you know, the mm-hmm. one that's open to mm-hmm. the public on Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just really, you know, praying hard. You know, that's all we want is just, you know, justice and to be let the family be able to grieve. Don't come to the funeral, you know, acting a mess. And, you know, some people already said that they will be at that clowning, which is uncalled for. Mhm. You know? Mhm. Mhm. The 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 anger and the frustration uh, should not be uh, vented or directed in a place where the family is looking for closure on the situation as best they can. You're absolutely right about that. Um, the energy that, the energy needs to be directed toward these entities that actually facilitate this madness. And uh, we're going to discuss tonight how on a spiritual level this can be done, how it has been done, and um, just, just one of the many answers to uh, these type of issues. But with that, uh, I'm a I'm a uh, I'm a I'm a pause this conversation and I'm going to shift into another gear uh, to explain the spiritual significance of Michael Brown and what he represents on a whole other level of understanding of how the Creator is talking to us through symbols and through people and through this situation. As you stated, Joanna, um, the Creator was getting him ready in the words that he spoke to you prior to his transitioning and. Um, this has really sparked something that could create a dialogue and some action on a lot of levels. Uh, but with that, once again, I want to thank you for coming out. Um, I'll open your mic back up when I'm done getting into my spiel. And uh, if y'all got any questions, I'll open your mic up when I'm done and we can dialogue. But uh, I want to thank you for this for this time that you've given my astrology coach, myself, Minister Jew, my partner, Mabel Ampoo, Keisha, all the people at MAC who support us, this opportunity to interview you. Uh, and, again, I want to say thank you. Thank you so much. All right. All right. All right. So there y'all have it, right, live and direct from Ferguson, right, Missouri, um, a family member, somebody who is in the fray 
literally, both in the town and in the atmosphere with the family day-to-day going through this situation. Uh, you heard her testimony, some of her thoughts, uh, some of her insights on her, on her cousin, Mike Brown. Uh, and there you have it. Now, I'm going to tell you guys how I ran into Joanna because tonight you're going to get a thorough expose on symbolism and actual application, right, of how to get divine retribution. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not about turning the other cheek, like, like not in situations like this, right, because this happens too often, too regular. We know we got an enemy, right? They are clothed in these uniforms with these suits, with these ties, with these badges, et cetera, et cetera, right? We already know the dynamic and how this thing plays out, so we cannot be uh, naive to the situation, right? Uh, so I met Joanna. I actually saw her. She made a Twitter post, and I caught it on one of the links that I hit on one of the major news outlets. You know how they'll, they'll post the tweets that people make immediately after uh, the news breaks? And I saw her tweet, and her tweet read, it said, the moment Mike Mike passed away, she said, the clouds came out and it started to rain. She said, that's when she knew her cousin was telling her that he had made it to the other side. I immediately paused, went and got my pen, wrote her Twitter handle down, and commenced to doing my, my communication thing, trying to get in contact with the young lady. I tweeted her. And she also had the astronomical glyph of cancer associated with her Twitter handle. So me being of the priesthood, I immediately look for the signs and the symbols that denote God speaking, right? Hold on one second. Let me get some of this water. So I tweeted her, and I, I shot her my email address. And she emailed me, and when she emailed me, um, I, I relayed some information to her, and I told her that it was something that I needed to share with her that can change the perspective on why Michael chosen to initiate the change or revolution that's necessary for black people in America, right? So a couple of days went past. You know, obviously things were really, really chaotic and, and uh, rightfully so trying to get things together. But eventually we end, we finally ended up talking. It was maybe about five or six days after the initial communication. And I showed her this brief 20-minute uh, PowerPoint, right, of this information concerning this energetic principle known as Michael, right? And what I want to do here is, see, are the modern-day prophets and prophetess, or prof, the, the female prophet, excuse me, right, where are they at in this reality, in this time, in this space, right 
now, right? Myself, Noble and Pooh, we have a track record for demonstrating the science, right, uh, of mystery and unraveling, unraveling it so people can see it bare for what it is, right, taking the symbols and stripping them down so that you can understand it in regular uh, 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 sight or in plain sight, right? So we prophesy, right? We tell people what's going to happen before it happens, right? And not just on a personal level, right, when we're doing our astro thing and we're doing a chart for somebody, but on a larger scale, we deal with worldly events. You can go Google my astrology coach, Portal to the Cosmos. We've been doing this since January of 2013, where, and these things are time-stamped. So anybody that's been following this data would know we don't makeshift anything. We create it. We write it. You can go back and check the dates yourself to verify is this authentic or not. So in brief, these are some of the things that we have predicted to the date. In some cases, Six months in advance. The first one, that I'm, and that's a lot of them, so I'm not going to get into all of them, but I'm going to demonstrate for the record, right, which gives us the authority to be able to speak in this light because we show and prove this science. We just ain't, ain't coming up with a whole bunch of nonsense, right? We actually show and prove the work to put it out in the public so that you can critique it and see it yourself, right? So the first prophecy right, because it's called Portal to the Cosmos, where we illustrate major events that happen on the planet, whether it be some form of assassination, some form of natural disaster, or some form of terrorist activity, quote, unquote, right? So one of the ones that we had posted, right, back in, um, I think it was January the 23rd, 2013 is when we actually put it up for the first quarter, right? And one of the one of the incidents that happened was the Boston Marathon bombing. It took place on 4-15-13. It was one of our dates inside of the prophecy that we laid out in January, right? Then on 3-5-13, which was another red date inside of the Portal to the Cosmos, the death of Hugo Chavez took place, major political figure who actually ran a nation, a country, right? Remember, assassinations, important people who pass away, uh, terrorist attack or a natural disaster, right? Then the Lions airline flight that fell out of the sky and every passenger on the plane survived it. This happened on 4-13-13 which was another date that we put inside of the prophecy for one of these type of events to take place, right? Uh, then uh, on 5-3-13 for the second quarter, on 6-7-13, the Santa Monica shootings took place at the school, right? Um, and then in the fourth quarter, close to the fourth quarter, on 9-12-13, it was the Colorado flooding. Remember when Colorado was flooding and everybody was a disaster state of emergency? We prophesied on that particular date. We also 
uh, put inside of the prophecy on twelve five thirteen was another red date where what happened? Nelson Mandela died, right? We also had inside of one of the dates for the first quarter of 2014, right, on 3-8-14, you had the Malaysia flight that ended up missing where all the people just suddenly vanished, right? And also in this quarter that we're currently in now, the death of Michael Brown matched one of our red dates, August 9th, that deals with incidences that shocked the world. So, so we understand one of the most divine mysteries that exists on this planet is to be able to tell you when these type of things are going to occur because we understand waves and particles and rhythm. We can leave a we can leave in a time capsule for the next one thousand years for the hit. Uh, and to, I mean, if, as, as long as we can write, right? And we, we we sit down and do it for the next ten thousand, we could. And every single time, this is going to happen unless humanity as a whole changes their psychology and how they view this reality down here on the, on this planet. This is a fact. You can go do the homework yourself. My astrology coach, Portal to the Cosmos, go look at the dates and go match up these events that I just displayed for you here today. And it's over 15, 20 more that I didn't name because if I named them all, it would take the whole show up, right? So that gives us the groundwork to talk about what we're talking about. Also tonight, I'm going to be using biblical reference. And I'm going to tell you why. All right? Light is intelligent. Okay? Light is intelligent. And and what happens is there was an experiment that was done called the double slit experiment where scientists took photons and propelled them through the slits. Photons went through the slit. When the photons went through the slit, when they arrived on the other side of the wall, they remained as a wave because there was nobody on the other side of the wall to observe the photon as it passed through the slit. When they put a camera behind the wall and they sent the same photon through the slit, the photons collapsed into particles, straight lines in the same form that they actually passed through, uh, through the medium or through the slit. Why am I saying this? I'm saying this because light is engaging this reality and is impressing upon certain minds data facilitate a message. 
So evolution is about the planet. We just happen to be on it, right? And in this country, most people get their spiritual food from the Bible. So if light is going to communicate by way of uh, uh, if if light is going to communicate by way of uh, the masses to get you to understand a story, what other medium would it use other than the one that is the primary source for your interpretation of spirituality? Right now, the wise men understand that the biblical text is an allegory that is actually dealing with electromagnetism and radiation and atoms and photons and the brain, right? That this is what the priest understands and different numerical sequences that denote certain meaning, right? But to the layman, right, it means something else. But when, I, when I'm getting into tonight, you're going to understand why light is choosing these biblical names as the source in order to get people to wake up so that they can understand that this is a spiritual phenomenon that is happening, right? So <clears throat> I want to get into Daniel chapter 12, verse 1, where it talks about uh, in a time of peril like you've never seen before, the great prince Michael will arrive. The great prince or the great angel Michael will arrive in order to gather the people up. And all of those whose names is found in the book, right, they will be, quote, unquote, saved. Right? Are what is photon or what is light? And why Michael is the question. So now in our culture, we've had Michael Jordan, Michael Jackson, Michael Tyson, Michael Vick, Michael Johnson, and now Michael Brown. Right? You have to find the recurring theme of things in order to find out what the spiritual component is behind the phenomenon. Michael, that frequency, right, continues to display a sense of superiority and dominance. Like what was in the parents of these people at the time of their birth, to name these young men Michael, and they knew not, at least consciously, but light was communicating with them on a far deeper level. Photons were communicating with their subconscious on a far deeper level. Why would they name these children these names and they would go on to be the greatest and the most popular in what it is that they practice or 
uh, uh, partook in? This is the question. This is the question, right? Is that a coincidence? You see? So, photons are messenger particles. They can act as either a wave or a particle, okay? And they relay messages to and fro, right? So when you read about angels or angles of light, they're always in the biblical narrative and other religious texts. They always show up as messengers. They drop messages off to the people, to to the allegorical people in the story, Mary, Daniel, etc., etc., about what is it to come or what is it the Creator wants you to do, etc., etc. Right? So we have to look at these names, events, and places, and see what is the recurring theme to be able to understand what is the photon trying to explain to us by way of our brain, because most of us are left brain thinkers. We don't get into the right brain where the cosmic data and downloads come from. We tend to use a lot of the logic circuits, right, which is necessary in this world because you need reason, you need logic, right? But we don't open up to that other 90% that gives you the super consciousness to be able to see into these different realities, right? Being able to understand some of the mysteries of the universe, right? Being able to be a grand teacher of some of these hidden things, right? And a practitioner of some of these hidden things to get people into higher states of consciousness, right? So let's look at this Michael phenomenon, and we're going to see how much of this makes sense. Start here. Because it was another young man by the name of Trayvon Martin who was also murdered by the hands of a man, right, who got acquitted. Trayvon Martin went to a school named Michael Crop High School that was known for their star program. Go look it up. Michael Crop High School, the school that Trayvon Martin went to. His killer, who, who shot him down in Florida, full name is George Michael Zimmerman. Go look it up. Do not take my word. George Michael Zimmerman. And, 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 and what I want you guys to notice is this, as I continue. All of these things keep – this name is going to continue to pop up in major news stories all over the world, all over the world, right? You had the football player who killed his, quote, unquote, friend uh, back in June, right, of last year uh, who played for the Patriots, which made big news, ran across the news for two weeks because light, by way of photons, is trying to get the people's attention through these news stories, right? It's not necessarily uh, the what, right? It's the who. Why does this name keep popping up in all these major news stories? The man who killed this man who played for the Patriots' name is Aaron Michael Hernandez. 
His lawyer's name is Michael Fee. The man who beheaded the British soldier over there in London with the machete last year, May, who chopped his whole head off in the street, hands was bloody, and stood there in front of the camera, right? Y'all remember that? And said he's tired of the way that they treat his people and it's time for an eye for an eye, two for two. So he attacked the British soldier and cut this man's whole head off in broad daylight with a machete. The, this man's name who uh, 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 facilitated this, his name was Michael uh, Adebolajo, if I'm pronouncing it right. He was from Nigeria, but his name was Michael as well. Do you remember Ariel Castro, who was holding those women in Ohio captive, right? And Charles Ramsey kicked in the door, right, to save the girls? Well, Ariel Castro, in his case, the judge who was on his case, name is Michael Russo. It was a teenager here in Chicago who got murdered by the police as well, gunned down by the police last summer, no weapon. His name was Michael Wesley. You had the young man who years ago was handcuffed in the back of the police car in Indianapolis where they, they said he shot himself while being handcuffed in the back of a police car. And it went viral. I mean, everybody was involved. Farrakhan got involved. Everybody got involved. The family ended up getting like a $2.8 million lawsuit from the city because when they took it to civil court, they, 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 they did find that the police was liable for his murder. But in, in the, at the actual court case for criminal conviction, the police won't, right? But his name was Michael Taylor. You see? Spike Lee did a uh, – uh, 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 he put out a video in regards to the Eric Gardner situation, right? Eric Gardner had been – choked to death by the police, and Spike Lee decided to make a video to salute him because the scene in the Do the Right Thing, Radio Raheem got choked to death by the police in that movie. But Spike Lee was inspired to make that part of the film because of a man who got choked to death by the police in 1983 by the name of Michael Stewart. This is why that scene was in Do the Right Thing, because Spike Lee said he was inspired by the death of Michael Stewart and how that happened to him in 1983. Then, just a couple days ago, Sunday, right, a police officer in Knoxville, Tennessee, goes into, goes to his ex-girlfriend's house on his way out. The new boyfriend comes up. The cop opens fire on the new boyfriend, shoots his ex-girlfriend, shoots the ex-girlfriend's mama, and then the brother comes out with his gun and kills the police. Well, that police officer's name in that shooting that just happened Sunday his name was Michael. When you look at 
right? Because we're dealing with Daniel chapter 12, verse 1. I'm going to show you how these stories equate to light and the quantum reality of things and why these things take place on this planet. Follow me on this. You had, you had Charles Ramsey who kicked in the door with another gentleman by the name of, you probably forgot this fellow because Charles Ramsey got depressed, rightfully so. The gentleman was with Charles Ramsey at the time. Oh, and by the way, Donald Sterling, the guy who uh, made the racist comments about Magic Johnson, the judge on his case name was also Michael. Also, continue this story, Cordero was his last name who helped kick in the door with Charles Ramsey, but his first name was Angel. Angel Cordero helped kick the door in with Charles Ramsey, but Angel Cordero didn't get a whole lot of press because he said he didn't know how to speak no English, right? You also have uh, the story, right, where this gentleman uh, in uh, uh, Ohio who was in a Walmart, with an a air gun, right, purchasing it from the Walmart, and the people inside of the Walmart thought it was a real gun. Well, they called the police. He ended up being shot dead because they thought it was a real rifle. But it was another lady in the store who actually died because she thought it was a real gun, and she basically had a panic attack and died. Her name was Angela or Angela. So I'm going to show you how to identify what the spirit world is communicating to the people. The young man who died in the Walmart with the air gun, his name was John. But we're dealing with a uh, a revelation-type theme here. Not that it's the end of the world, but that it is a band of light that is communicating with this planet as far as uh, the electromagnetic spectrum is concerned and is trying to get the attention of the masses so that you can get on board, right, to understand what's really, really happening. So you're going to see a lot of Johns, like John Belmer in Missouri, who's the head of the Ferguson Police Department, right, John. John at the Walmart got killed, right? You had, uh, remember, this is Daniel 12 and 1. The man who choked Eric Gardner, his name was Daniel. For the people who, right, his name was Daniel Pantaleo. You saw where this woman, and it went viral. She was, I think it was out in L.A. The police officer, looked like a state trooper, had this woman, elderly woman, on the ground on the side of the highway beating this woman like a man, closed fist hitting this woman like a man. His name was Daniel. So you're going to continue to see this theme of Michael Daniel, Michael Daniel John, Michael Daniel John, which deal with what? An end time type of thing where it's transformation that is taking place on the planet, right? So uh, 
moving forward. When this incident with Michael Brown first took place, well, not first took place, two days, six days, five, six days after, after they were released the name of the, of the killer, the top killer who killed them, right? The first name that hit the wave was a cop at the Ferguson Police Department whose name is Michael White. That was the first name that surfaced as far as who was the cop that committed the crime. How was the spirit moving? We have a Michael Brown who gets murdered by the police. And the first name that they came out with as a name for the probable officer who did it was a Michael White? Wait a minute. Is that a little bit coincidental? But the Michael White name popped up because he actually arrested the wrong man, right, and uh, beat him bloody in the cell, and the man went unconscious. Blood was all over the officer's shirt from him beating this man, right, which was, which was the wrongful identity. They arrested the wrong guy, right? He, he had the same name, but it was a different guy, you know, and they rushed him to the hospital. This brother was conscious enough to say, I'm not taking no help from these people until somebody take my picture because I need proof to show that this is how I looked before I came into this hospital, right? So somebody at the hospital took a picture of this man, right? And it, the, the man hired a, a lawyer. They went to court, uh, uh, and the officers had the nerve to charge this brother with damage of their personal property, talking about because he got blood on their uniform, right? So when the, when the lawyer got done with the cops, he had caught them in perjury. They was lying. The judge was there, present. But, you know, the judge said, oh, well, the, energy, the injuries were too minor to, to keep going on the case, right? So that's why the name Michael White came up, because he's actually a police officer in the Ferguson Police Department that's known for doing dirty stuff to black men. So that was the first name that popped up in the news feed, right? But this is how spirit is communicating, Mike Brown, Mike White. What's going on here? So the question is this, though. Why St. Louis? Why? The home of the arch, right? The home of the arch. Now, everything that's without is within, right? Everything. So and everything that's within is without. We are microcosms of the macrocosm, right? So the science is this. Here's a science or the home of the arch. We were just here in St. Louis, the home of the arch, a year ago for the fall equinox. We took people to the mounds, the Coahokia Mounds, um, uh, down in southern Illinois, right? We were there at the arch in St. Louis putting the ceremonial work in there, right, back in September, right? So, so, St. Louis, the arch, where do you have an arch? Because everything that's without is within. There's an arch in your brain called the fornix. The fornix. F-O-R-I-F-O-R or a vault, right? 
that a vaulted ceiling, right, that bends like an arch, right? And for those that are aware of the practices and the techniques in order to uh, desensitize yourself of this reality and be able to pick up some of the finer energies of the universe, right, there is an energy that needs to raise into the brain and strike the fornax, right, or the fornix in the brain, right? So light has to strike the arch, right? So this light of Michael or Mike, this is a symbolic thing that's going on here, it's, it's ringing a bell. It is time for you to awaken into a higher reality of life and processing data, right? So, so let's look at the fornix, right? Because as within, so without. There is a constellation, Fornax, F-O-R-N-A-X, right? And the Fornax, right, when you look at the word and you get into the etymology of the word, it comes from, uh, it's, it's derives from to heat, right, uh, or to warm, also a brick oven, right, or something where something is cooked inside of, right? This is the etymology behind the word fornax, right? And when you look at the biblical narrative of Daniel, right, because remember, I'm telling you the arch needs to be struck with light or a band of light in order to activate the minds of the people to take it to the next stage of evolution on the planet, right? So, so what happened to Daniel? And remember, these are all allegorical people that we're talking about, never really existed. But telling stories about higher principles in nature and in the universe that exist inside of the human body and are able to be activated. So Daniel was thrown inside of a furnace. He was thrown inside of a furnace where things are cooked, i.e. fornax, right? And I'm going to tie this in into this tombstone that was at Mike Brown's vigil that said, Star Power Prayers. That's what the tombstone read, Star Power Prayers, right? So Daniel gets thrown into the furnace, right? Where what happens? What happens? He he uh, 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 this entity is seen inside of the furnace where they are not burned and this type of thing, right? So this 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 because whenever you look at the biblical narrative, these are how these angels or angels of light appear in the text, right? This omnipotent light that appears, sometimes they appear in physical form as men, et cetera, et cetera, right? So what the story is trying to tell you is that once, the, once you and the light enters in through the fornax of the brain or the fornix of the brain, the vault is open for your remedy on this planet, right? So, so what... How do we how do we access that, and how do we interpret that in order to you to make light our weaponry 
and defense mechanism on this planet at this time. How do we do that when situations like this happen? You, you know, uh, no justice, no peace. We hear that all the time, right, because we know how these situations normally turn out, right? The cop walks, you know, or he walks. Initially, he's suspended with pay, and then it, sometimes they don't never go to court, and when they do go to court, they never go to jail. This is, this is how it always plays out. So how do we get divine retribution in this reality? That's the question. How do we get divine retribution in this reality, right? Because we know we're up against a war machine. So we're not going to be able to defeat him with no guns because he make the guns and he make the bullets. And he got to sell you the guns and the bullets, right? So you, it just don't make no logical sense to approach it from that angle, right? Because in totality, you, we might be able to get some revenge on a certain level, but we can't shake, we can't shake this place down the way that we really want to, right? So, so how is the creator speaking to us through signs and symbols like I've already displayed, right? Well, this is how light works. When it comes into this reality, right, before it strikes an object or before the point of interaction, it comes in at a 45-degree angle. When it actually strikes the object, right, and refraction takes place, right, the light bends some more and bends to a 42-degree angle, right? So let me show you how this angle of light or this photon of light called Michael, right, because this is, because this is how the narrative reads, but you could, you could name it whatever you want. But I'm using it here because, like I said, light is intelligent. So it's picking names that we have observed that deal with spiritual or religious phenomena in order to get your attention to be able to know that it is a sign, right? So Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan, retires. He comes back. His father, he was third championship. His father ends up dying. A couple years later, he comes back out of retirement. And what number did he come back wearing? He came back wearing number 45, which is the angle of light and how it projects into this reality before it meets the object that it penetrates to refract, right? Right? So the spirit world was trying to communicate to you through symbol literacy that the angle or the energy or the photon or the angle or the angel of light that needs to get into this reality, right, is coming by way of the five-degree angle. How do you engage that angle of light is the question, right? They also did a study a gentleman by the name of Lawrence Doyle, who did a study on language and how human language is associated to geometry, right? He's a physicist, right? What he, what he found out was from the most complex or, or from the most, the simplest words that we use, to the most complex words that we use in any language, English, Dutch, French, Spanish, Japanese, doesn't matter, he found that language seems to 
fall or form in a 45-degree angle from the most simplest words to the most uh, difficult words that we use in our language, irregardless of what language it is. Then he said, wow, let me try this with dolphins, because dolphins have a particular language that they're communicating in. When he did the study with the dolphins, the way that they communicated was also on a 45-degree angle. He said, wow, this is a phenomenon in nature. All things in nature, from the easiest format of language to the most difficult words that we use in language, are, are, are intertwining on this 45-degree angle. And he said, wow, maybe this is the angle that is necessary to possibly one day communicate with beings that are not on this planet, that may be from another place in this large solar system, right? And we got a very limited view. Some people, ain't nothing out there, ain't nothing, ain't nothing. Listen, man, you, you thinking that small, all these galaxies out here, and you think, you think you're the only thing moving and grooving this grand cosmos? You got to be out your mind, right? So, so, so and, I, and my analogy is always this. An ant has never seen a whale and vice versa, one day in their life. Why? Because they can't exist in the same environment together. An ant can't exist in the ocean, and a whale can't exist on land. So they cannot, by proxy of their location, be able to intermingle with one another. So you always see these different dynamics of how different galaxies operate on different energy levels and all this type of thing, right? The reason that we can't see or they can't see or we can't engage is because we're in two totally different bands of light, right? And we, and we just can't engage at that stage or that level because our band of light doesn't permit us to be able to engage, right? So we have to look at, we got to look at examples here on the planet and, and be able to be mindful. Well, wow, it's some things that never seen each other a day in their life either, but that don't mean that they don't exist. An ant exists, a whale exists. They do, but they ain't never seen each other because the habitats don't, uh, are not conducive for them to be able to do that. So, right? So Jordan comes back wearing the four or five, right? Right? To demonstrate Michael Jordan, by the way, comes back wearing the four or five to demonstrate to you what angle you need to be focused on, right, in order to strike this fornax, right, in order to usher in this thing. So what I want to do is, what I want to do is, I want to talk about using light as a weapon for divine retribution. Back on July 26, 2014, I wrote something called the Pre-Sealed Prophecy 2.0 where I took what happened to Eric Gardner at that time and I put it into a prophecy that dealt with how we wanted to see retribution. And then I, I added my own imagery to a flyer that dealt with propaganda, right, and imagery in order to facilitate my intent, right? Three days later, might have been sooner than that, but I think it was three days later. I think it might have been Tuesday. We did. We actually went outside and did the activation on a Saturday. I think 
Tuesday this news broke. It was either Monday or Tuesday. So it was two or three days later. Three police officers in Staten Island were shot. Three of them. Three of them. Inside of my priesthood prophecy, I put the name of all of the black men that I can find that met the template for what I was trying to accomplish inside of the prophecy. So I had, <clears throat> I had, I had Kamani, Kendrick, Amadou, Osman, Timothy, Sean, Orlando, Trayvon, Oscar, Tommy. You get the feel, right? Trayvon, Martin, Sean, Bell, et cetera, et cetera, right? Because, because on a level of spirit, these are our ancestors that are asking for divine retribution, right? Just as Mike Brown is asking for divine retribution, right? So three days later, after the prophecy go out and we go outside and do our thing, because we understand the dynamic of star power and prayers, right? We go outside dealing with a certain alignment and we activate. We created something called the Galactic Activation DVD, where we show people this time and time again, how the power of your mind and celestial timing can create events on this planet without you lifting a finger. All you got to do is lift your voice and sing, damn it. That's it. See? So, so three days later after the prophecy go out, three police get shot. And the exact same place and same with this, under the same mayor, right, in Staten Island, three police get shot. Right? Right? Asking for divine retribution, you see? Because, because, listen, man, at some point, at some point, right, we're going to have to get off this, uh, uh, you know, everything's just peace, love, and light down here because that's not the reality. That's not the reality, right? It's good for you to have peace in your home, right, and, and, and tranquility and all those things. But when you step outside, it's some wild stuff going on out there, and you see it every day, Right? Right? And then we got a bunch of ancestors, men and women, who turning over in the grave, right? Because we want to ignore it and act like it ain't happening, you know, and be all timid and all, you know, now, nah, you know, we, we shouldn't be thinking like that. We shouldn't be trying to do that. Now, just, just let the police take the same people who you tripping on committing the murders, you turn around and putting it in their hands and saying, let them take care of it. And you never get no justice. And then, you know, we go on and we cry about it, right? And then we be like, uh, you know, uh, it go away and it come back. And then, you know, it's the same old thing. We say, oh, man, that's a shame. You know, look what that happened again. Another innocent black man. No weapon, no nothing. Right? Right? No, no weapon, no nothing, right? So, so. So the science is, the science is, how do we get divine retribution? How do we call upon light, right, to be used as a catalyst in order to facilitate our intent, right? So 
after that prophecy went out, like I said, three police officers were shot. And this happened before when we were in, um, where were we at? We were, uh, I think we were at Grandfather Mountain. We were at Grandfather Mountain, and we uh, we were doing another ceremony with the same type of ingredients. And two days later, something similar happened in L.A. How is this possible, Minister Jew? What are you saying? We, we're using light as a weapon? How do we do that, right? Here's the science behind it. When, when atoms are stimulated or they get excited or hot, right, electrons release what we call photons in this reality that we view in this world as visible light or light or color, right? And when a group of atoms or electrons get hot, right, in the same region of space, they create something called a laser, right? So when these angles of light that exist in the gamma spectrums of light that you can't see with your physical eye called angels or angles get excited, right? You can create a laser, and lasers can be used as uh, aiming devices, right? I'm saying to the people tonight is that we can turn this place upside down anytime we get ready. Anytime we get ready, right? You hear Marcus Garvey say, look for me in the whirlwind, right? You know, all of these uh, 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 concepts about uh, us being in tune with nature and being able to be in harmony with nature and all of the forces that exist in the universe, right? We can tap into that current collectively with people who understand the dynamic of waves and particles, right? And all kind of events will start to happen on this planet, right, that match your intent and what you charge that electron to do, you see? So the few people that participated in that activation, right, three days later, voila, look what happened. Imagine if it was 1,000 or 3,000, right? But people, right, see, we have this complex, right, where we're afraid of what that looks like because nobody has seen it, per se, in this particular time and space, right? We're afraid of what it looks like when this thing really hits the fan and we utilize that part of our higher selves to facilitate change down here, right? It's either we're going to create chaos in order to bring forth a complete revolutionary change and deal with what it looks like after that change takes place, or we're going to do the same thing we've been doing. We're going to try to go along to get along and just say what we can't do, what we shouldn't say, even though in most, in some cases, we have done nothing 
to facilitate some of the behavior that happens by hands of these law enforcement officials, the corrupt things that goes on in the judicial system, et cetera, et cetera. You see? So this is the science. This is the science that we have to tune into and become aware of how these dynamics work. Once we get a fine understanding of how they work, we can create uh, we can create what it is that we want to create down here on this planet. And I'm not going to go on too much more because I think y'all pretty much understand the the gist of what I'm getting at without completely just blowing the lid and, 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 and saying it for what it is, right? We can use light as a weapon. And what happens is when you do that, because light is intelligent, it will attach itself to pre-existing circumstances to facilitate your will. So what looks like randomness, right, you'll be able to see yourself in the story by way of the names that show up, right, by way of the place where it took place at, right? Like here's another example. This light that I'm talking about in the gamma spectrums of light or that we call angles or angels, right, right, when you stimulate electrons in that or atoms in that field of the electromagnetic spectrum, right, you can't see into the gamma spectrum. So when they talk about no man has ever seen the face of God, they're talking about the energy that exists at the gamma level, right, because you can't see past this, this color spectrum or the visible spectrum of light, right? So when you stimulate electrons and or atoms in the gamma spectrum of light by way of the word. Remember, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, you see? Because words are stimulating uh, uh, entities, right? When you tell somebody that they look nice, people generally, uh, generally smile. They're happy. But if you say something that's disrespectful, uh, you might be in for a fist fight. So words are stimulating things. They can excite matter. You understand? You do it all the time. When you say something nice to your spouse or to your children or when you say something negative to your boss or to your coworker or to whoever pissed you off for the day, right, those words stimulate that person, which is a ball of matter, and you got them to respond in a certain type of way, whether good or bad. What happens is when you stimulate atoms or electrons in the gamma spectrum of light, they release radiation. And, 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 the, uh, and the, the radiation will seep back into the visible spectrum of light, and this is what we call in our reality fluorescent light. Light, radiation, right, different spectrums of light, right, that are trapped is called fluorescent light or neon light in this reality. Do you know the address of the police department in St. Louis, the home of the arch or the fornix? Their address is 222 Fluorescent 
avenue. So the spirit world has picked St. Louis, and God has chosen Michael Brown as the catalyst for us to wake up to our true divinity. This is the science. You see, fluorescent light, fluorescent avenue, trap light from the gamma spectrum. So it's showing up through the news feed, through the names and the stories, through the places where these uh, buildings are located. You have to look for the, 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 the law of correspondence in the thread. What keeps on reoccurring that matches? You see? Uh, and this just in, let's see here. Uh, this is live from my mother. She says, another witness has just come forth on the Michael Brown shooting, and his name is Michael Bradley. Another witness has just come forth on the Michael Brown shooting, and his name is Michael Bradley. The priesthood, myself, Noble and Poole, we have been designated by the Most High to deliver this message, to deliver this message to the people. And, and, and we have people who validate this science. We have people who go with us on these trips who have witnessed these phenomena take place. You can't get 20 to 30 people to lie for you who have seen the work that has been put in and has witnessed orbs opening up in the sky 200 miles long, big white luminous light opening up in the sky at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, sunny skies when we're doing these ceremonies, you see. We got the pictures to validate. You can see all of these orbs, right? Who is showing you the dynamics of light in the 21st century? Because this is how you evolve all the way from the embryo, embryonic state in your mother's womb is through being able to absorb light through the ever so popular now melanin, which, by the way, which, by the way, the day that Spike Lee dropped the joint on uh, your man uh, uh, Eric Gardner and the, the 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 do the right thing clip on the same day, uh, actor who turn who now turned producer named Michael Rappaport came on Huffington Post dissing Spike Lee. Michael Rappaport, go look him up. He came on the Huffington Post dissing Spike Lee saying Spike Lee just got hit tripping and causing all this controversy and whatnot. But here's the kicker. The dude who was interviewing Michael Rappaport on Huffington Post, he had on a red shirt that read, got melanin, you know, like got milk. On his shirt, on that interview, it was a brother who had on a red shirt that said, got melanin, question mark. The spirit world will continue to show you the signs. You have to follow the signs because they're everywhere. They're everywhere. And you're going to continue to see this microfrequency pop up, which comes out to one-on-one, but we know how do we equate that in uh, mundane sense. 
when you're going to a new class or a new environment, they call it one-on-one, classroom, one-on-one, lesson, one-on-one. One-on-one is uh, stepping into a new dynamic, a new frequency, a new outlet of learning where you're going to have to learn something that you didn't know before. The angle of light, Michael, dominant because it deals with the evolution of the people to take you into a new dynamic of understanding, understanding, and evolution. You see? So that's the science, right? So Michael Brown is divine. It's divine, people. It is a wake-up call. Could you imagine if uh, Michael Brown Sr., right, because I'm already talk, talking. Well, uh, we, we, got, we got 90 seconds on this show. Anybody who want to call in, 818-369-0368 is the call-in number, 818-369-0368. Call in. You got about a minute left to get in if you want to listen in uh, because the, uh, the Internet portion is going to die out, so you got to call in and get on the lines if you want to hear the end of the show. So 818-369-0368 is the call-in number. Feel free to call in. So, um, so um, this is the science. So imagine if the family, like I said, I talked to Joanna, but, the, you know, they got so much going on, I don't want to impede on that space because they got a lot of stuff going on. So maybe after it's over with, you know what I mean, uh, months down the line, we can get in St. Louis and we can drop this data, right, because the people who down there that are, quote, unquote, the spiritualists, they have no idea what's going on. They have no idea what's going on. It's just another black man who's been murdered by the police and so forth and so on. But this is the catalyst and the springboard to launch this campaign, right? And we can do this thing. So when the priesthood come out and we be dropping these prophecies and we telling people to get outside and go do this and go do that, you need to be there and participate because what we're looking to do is bring divine retribution by way of light because that's how the creator sends his messages, and that's how we're going to shake this thing up and make this thing do what it do down here in order to bring this beast to his knees because it's time for him to fold, you see. But he continues to put the propaganda out, right, in order to sway your mind to look at it in a different light, to be subservient to what's really going on when the power lies in your hand. Right, so we need people to put together their own propaganda in the black community, right? Right, because propaganda is a uh, 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 propaganda has its correlations with sorcery as well. Where and I don't, and when I say that, people think about it in a negative sense, but in, in a lighter term, propaganda has an effect on people's psychology, right? Right which affects their mood and their decision-making, right, which is a form of uh, mind control to a certain degree. So what we have to do as black people is create our own propaganda, right, and facilitate it amongst ourselves that deal with the imagery that we want to see to facilitate in our psychology of where we want to be, right, and at the same time using propaganda, right, by way of imagery and letters and blogs and everything else to put uh, the opposition in a corner, you see? So when you be seeing them do they, they satire and 
all of this type of thing, and they pop up with all these bogus websites where they're putting all this false information out. That is a form of psychological bombardment in order to get you to respond in a certain way. But what happens when you flip the script and you start, and you start doing what your ancient ancestors always did because Akhenaten was a professional at this? He would put stalemates about warfare that never even happened in real life. He would put on the walls him fighting different armies and invading uh, other armies trying to invade and him being successful in, in warfare and defeating them, and it never actually took place in real history. But, see, he was, a, he was a student of life, so much so that he tried to convert a whole system over into understanding the, the, the propensities of the sun and photons that, that emit in the light that we receive down here on this planet, right? But he would do this because he understood the concept of the wave and the particle. He knew that if I, if, if I exist in the wave, right, and create the probabilities and possibilities, something that they call superposition in quantum physics, if I do that and put it in a place where people can see it, they will collapse the wave for me into the particle, which means what, Mr. Jew? He never had to fight the war because it had already been fought on the quantum level by way of, 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 a, by way of people observing something that hadn't really took place in the physical, right, but because the mind sees it, like I said before, and doesn't understand the differentiation between what's true and what's not, people collapsed those waves into particles and made it a reality. This is why scripture is so powerful, because scriptures are 2D movies, right? When, when these holy texts are written, right, they give you these stories with, this, with these elaborate tales and these uh, elaborate people and all of these things take place in these stories, right? What makes it powerful is that you have to use your imagination while you're reading the text, right, to create the 3D in your mind, right? And then as you're reading the text, you're consistently observing that phenomenon that's there. And then you wonder why things happen in the real world that mimics some of the prophecies inside of these books because you're bringing it to life the more that you observe the phenomenon with what's written on the text. Same way the thing happens in the movies. You go in the movie theater, you go in the movie theater, and you collapse particles. You, 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 you go in there, they show you the 3D images, right? Sometimes they give you glasses to see the 3D, or they, they put you in there and they flash all the imagery for you where you don't have to imagine what it looks like. You can actually see the imagery. Right, and then you sit in there and you act as the a camera does, which is the same. The camera is a correspondence to the eyes or the brain, right? So anytime you are able to put two two and two together and make them correspond, you can get similar, if not exact, results. So when you're in the movie theater and they're running the light or the projection from the projector, which is nothing but light striking the silver screen, right, which is the moon, per se, this is why they call it the silver screen, right? Just like the full moon phenomena, is a sun and the moon is opposition. The light from the sun is all is, is in all its splendor, striking the moon, et cetera, et cetera, right? When you're in the movie theater, right, and you're sitting in that dark room, you take on the characteristics of two things, the dark chamber of a camera and the developing room for the film. So you wonder why you can go see the movie knowing, and uh, you wonder why you can go see the movie knowing, 
and it comes out in November of '09, and there's a scene in there where an oil rig explodes in the Gulf of Mexico, right? And then six, seven months later in April, in real life, an oil rig explodes in the Gulf of Mexico. The same exact thing that happened in the movie. And people are quick to run and say, oh, conspiracy, they put it in the movie. Well, yeah, they did, but let me tell you something. You helped facilitate that reality because you helped bring the image to life by acting as the, acting like the dark chamber of the camera and the dipping solution at the same time, as well with the emotions being invested at a feverish pitch inside of the movie theater because emotion is what charges the particle, right? So that's why they talk about people who have feverish, who pray feverishly, right? You see, their prayers are answered because they have a high, they're highly invested emotionally in what they're doing, right? The science, y'all. You know what I mean? So in the next coming days, we're going to put something out. We want people to get out there, man, and actualize what was on that tombstone for Mike Brown, star power prayers, star power prayers. That's the science. Why would that be out there? Who associates stars with prayer? I thought that was supposed to be like devil stuff, you see? You see? You see? But it was out there. Star power prayers. You see? That's what time it is, man. So with that, man, uh, I'm going to open up some of these lines. Anybody who wants to get on comments, questions, uh, concerns, whatever, uh, press 1. And we can dialogue tonight. So I know who this is. Caller from the 215. Peace, you're on the air. Yo, yo, what's happening? What's good, Noble? Hey, man, I was following you, and you you mentioned how in the movie um, the oil rig blew up, and then in real life it happened. And uh, I just wanted to say that the Illuminati, they do stuff like that, man. You know, and 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 Ferguson, you know, no disrespect, but you know, already video surfacing that like it's a hoax. You know what I'm saying? It's just something because the government wants to lock everybody up under martial law, man. So I just wanted to put that out there and see what you think about that, dude. You want to know what I think about that? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Can I be very frank? Yeah, absolutely. It's your show. That's some that's some bullshit. That's what it is. That, that that's for you know what that's for? That's for people who wanna run away from the circumstances that are taking place and they wanna find a way to uh to somehow uh uh make the people feel stupid that they're falling for an Illuminati trick. Like, let me tell anybody that's listening on this line, we don't play the Illuminati games. Like, we ain't going to be talking a whole bunch of they and what they're doing. We always want to look for our ancestral root first in the story. Are we in the story? Can can we identify something spiritual in the story? Then if we can't find any of that and it looks kind of flaky, we might go over there and take a peek just to see. And even in that, we still find a way to found the creator inside of the story. So people come in and tell oh, it's a hope. And they listen that. Listen, man, listen. Mike Brown was killed in Ferguson, Missouri, right? That's a fact. We had, we had his cousin on tonight live from Ferguson. It happened. 
right? Now, not to say that there can't be some insurgents in there who are facilitating some things that may not be real or, or, or promoting propaganda, but even inside of that, even inside of that, right, we must ask ourselves a question, right? What are we going to do about it? What are we going to do about it, right? Because, because the deal is if you think it takes them to uh, 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 say uh, we have to trick the people in order for, uh, you know, we, 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 have, we have to get their approval, right, before they do something, so they have to run it in this way, you're, you're, you're sadly mistaken. They didn't, they didn't ask you when they stuck the man with syphilis in Tuskegee. They didn't, they didn't ask you for that. They didn't ask you when they ran up in, on Black Wall Street and burnt it down. They didn't ask your permission for that. They didn't ask your permission to stick dogs on you and water hoses. They didn't, they didn't ask you. They didn't, need, they didn't need to run no propaganda campaign to do that. Right, so we 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 gotta we gotta we gotta, we gotta cut it out, man. To figure out how how can we get in here and do our thing and, and, and exalt our ancestors and invoke the spirit of revolution and, and deal with it from a high science, right? And as only the priesthood can, man. So I, I totally denounce those type of uh, those type of thoughts. Okay, okay. And, and one more thing. What, what, what about the, the ice bucket ritual that's going on right now? It, it seems as if that's some type of ritual right now. Oh, the, 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 a, the, what is it, the ALS challenge uh, where people are donating money for a cause, a, a health cause, and uh, people are getting dumped with buckets of ice water, and people are saying that this is some type of Illuminati ritual. Um, Every symbolism is everything, right? And we know that the age of Aquarius or the or the glyph for Aquarius is represented by the man who's holding a bucket of water or a pitcher of water who is pouring out this water onto humanity, right? And the glyph for Aquarius looks like a wave, right? Which we're talking about tonight, waves and particles. So could the ancestral realm be trying to communicate to you through that as well, like you are fully inside of this age, right? And understanding the wave dynamic is the way that you can invoke us as spirit back into this reality to get these people held from the unseen level, right? Right? This is, this is, this is, this is the science, right? Uh, and uh, what's, the, uh, uh, what's the other thing? And the man, and people are saying, well, the man, the co-founder, I think his name was Corey something, he passed away over the weekend, and people are saying, see, it's a ritual. He died. Let me tell you something. When, when you enact any action, right, everything you do is a ritual from the moment you wake up out of bed, especially if you do it repetitiously, right? So, so the, really what the ancestral world is trying to show you is the science of the wave and the particle, right, that that. When so many people start doing the same thing or observe the same phenomenon, because what are they doing? They're pouring, they're, they're literally drowning in water. They're being, all this water is being poured over, poured over on them, and they're drowning in this cold ice water. Well, one of the co-founders that actually started the Ice Bucket Challenge, he died this past weekend by way of drowning, drowning inside of water. So when you become wise, you understand that you need a conduit to act as a medium 
in order for light to, to filter in through something. And if you don't have a buffer there, then these things register back to you because waves collapse into particles, people, and create physical reality. But then those same particles don't exist forever, and they deteriorate back into waves, right? So what happens? This is why people make copyrights on things, right? Because they're saying, that's my thought. And no matter where it goes, I'm going to follow my thought wherever it goes. And every time you use my thought or think about using my thought, you're going to have to pay me for it because I am the initial wave that created it into that particle that you're using called TV or whatever, you know, whatever that you're using that's copywritten or trademark, right? So, uh, so what happens is these things, uh, when you're dealing with, Ritual, because that's what it is. You, so people are doing something uh, repetitively, right? And you got to look at the content that's involved. People are drowning in water. The owner actually drowns in water. It, you, you have, you know, it's unfortunate that some people don't understand the dynamic of what they do, and then it catches up with them in the physical reality. So what I take from it is, is showing you the dynamic of how you engage wave and particles and certain things that need to be in place when you start to focus on these type of things, but. That's my take on that. Indeed. Well, thank you. Um, appreciate it. Um, I can do this all day, man. If anybody else is on the line, have any callers, please take them, or if not, I can ask another question hopefully later. Okay. If there's anybody else on the line with a question, please press 1, and I can open up your line and... Um, we can dialogue further. So press one. You got a question. Okay, I see somebody here. Calling from the 954-907. Peace, you on the air. Peace, brother. Um, um, no one employs all the... Hey, what's happening, man? Chill it, chill it, chill it. My, my, my question is, with all this stuff that's going on, how do you keep yourself focused? Because I've noticed... For me, this past week with this all with with this Mike Brown stuff, every video that I saw, for me personally, it feels like it's, it's weighing me down. It's, it's taking my attention. It's 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 poking at my heart. It's poking at my emotions. So you know what 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 suggestion do you give to control that? You know so that you don't let that affect, I guess, your perception. Well, that's a great question. First thing you got to do is. Uh, you have to disassociate yourself from electronic devices. And that's very hard in this day and time because everything we do is based on some type of device, right? But yeah. uh, uh, if, you're, if you don't have to engage with it for uh, promotional reasons, business reasons, right, then, then train yourself to stay away from it for gaps and periods of time and make a note that when you do go back to it, it's going to be for purposes of promotional or to share good news with people or whatever it is that you do. But um, the thing is, is staying balanced, you know what I mean, and not forgetting that these things are going on, being aware of them, but still being able to move in your own personal space and keep creating and keep doing the things that you do. Um, because these things are going to occur. But like I said, um, this show tonight was dealing with divine retribution and how we activate these principles. But 
if you to stay grounded, you have to stay away from these devices, man, because that's really the only way that you're going to be able to do it because they're gonna, it's going to always be present. Um, and another thing that I learned studying the brain is that most people tend to respond to negative imagery. They did a study where they showed like a thousand images and like more than 600 of them were actually um, good or positive images and the other uh, uh, odd numbers were negative imagery. Well, they just, they, you know, they just flashed them repeatedly, repeatedly in, in people's vision, and they asked them at the end, they said, now tell me, did you see more positive or more negative imagery? And people all the time said, I saw more negative things. So the brain somehow is wired to pay attention to the negative. Uh, and a lot of reasons, uh, the reason is because uh, it, we are wired to learn how to survive. So we have to be alert for things that might threaten our survival. So anytime we see negative things, we take note because we try to figure out how the hell do we make sure we stay away from that, you see. So, um, you know, you know, people are going to always post those type of things because they haven't found uh, the happiness per se in themselves. So those type of things are easily gravitated towards them. But that's why I say you got to stay away from the devices for extended periods of time you know, go on two or three day hiatuses where you just don't deal with it at all unless you're calling your spouse, your children, your mother, your job, whatever you do, um, but but not getting on the social media so much that way you don't have to see it, you know? Definitely, definitely, yeah, because especially with this, with this last incident with the dude with the knife, like the videos out there, I'm like, I'm not even going to watch that. You know, because I already know, you know, it's, it's going to make me feel a, a certain type of way. And I don't want to feel that way because I'm trying to, I've noticed myself being so tied to it. I'm trying to pull back, you know, trying to get, you know, lined up because, you know, at, at some point it makes you feel hopeless, you know, or, or trapped. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, mm-hmm. there's too much things I want to accomplish that I, I'm not hopeless. So I can't let these, you know, emotions get to me or whatnot. And, and another thing so, you do is start creating your own propaganda. Start creating yeah. the imagery that you want to look at. That, like I explained, well, I've been thinking about um, that too. That's right. You got to create your own propaganda for yourself. What imagery are you projecting into your own mind that you create? You know what I mean. Um, and, 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 and flood your 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 mind with those things. You know, and, and that will alleviate it because then it will, it will rearrange your focus and your attention. So, those are the suggestions that I made that I have. Thank you very much. I appreciate that, brother. Hey, no doubt, man. I appreciate you calling in. Shout man. out to the Mac family. Hey, man, we appreciate it, man. We Definitely. appreciate it. Um, let's see here. You got anybody else in here? So anybody else got any questions, um, comments, concerns? Anybody else? Press one. And uh, we will take your call tonight. Once again, we, we appreciate you guys coming in, listening, uh, participating with us tonight. Uh, so, anybody else got any any uh, any questions, comments, concerns, man? Uh, press one. Hey, can I can I comment on you uh, on Michael? Yeah. Um, I find it. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, I find that 
interesting to say the very least that there's a DVD called Michael, um, which was played by um, John Travolta. Um, it came out, I believe, in the 80s, um, um, or maybe even 09. Um, but I see that in the movie, he wasn't uh, an ordinary angel. He always, people always say that he's not that kind of angel. He smoked cigarettes. He uh, had a way of mesmerizing women. That was his thing. And he loved sweets. Mm-hmm. And, and interesting, too, because on the cover of, of, of this movie, there's a little dog on the cover mm-hmm. with a feather in his mouth, which mm-hmm. uh, is synonymous to an Egyptian scene of Anubis and pull on the scales of Mayat when the heart goes against the feather. But the connection is Michael had to drive or was driven to Chicago where you're at as you're the one that is explaining the Michael phenomenon. So unless the um, Illuminati watched you from your birth and said, we're going to put this movie out and going to send it to Chicago because we know this guy from Chicago is going to uh, talk about it, um, will be some pretty sharp people, and not that those kind of people don't exist. but I just again I just I find that ironic that, you know, Michael goes there and, and on the ice bucket thing too, you mentioned the Aquarian age and you mentioned this the ALS challenge. Um a lot of people probably don't even know what the ALS stands for. Um and it um it is it is considered a um neurodegenerative disease. Um, that um, creates muscle spasms and, and, and muscle atrophy where the muscle will, atrophy where the muscle will start to become weak. So it deals with the brain. It deals with the neurons in your brain, you know. And um, I don't know why the Illuminati would want to um, put attention on um, a brain disease. So do you think maybe they're doing this because they want us to have a brain disease so we pouring cold water on our heads, brother? <laughs> <laughs> well, man. <laughs> uh, you know, you know, man. You know, noble, man. It's a bunch of, it's, you know, you know, it is what it is, man, but to answer your question, absolutely not. That movie came out, man, what, what, when that came out, Noble, like 90, what, 96 or something? Mm-hmm. That movie was early. Mm-hmm. Early 90s, man, John Travolta played the angel Michael, and the news reporters were from Chicago, right? Mm-hmm. So now here mm-hmm. comes Minister Jew, uh, you know, young, young, young cat, off the west side of Chicago, Austin community, right, giving the game up on this Michael phenomenon, uh, uh, showing you, you know, 
how this angle of light is penetrating the earth at this time to bring forth a dynamic change in consciousness and revolution and evolution on the planet and how it can be used for all three, depending on depending upon how you want to tap into it, right? And not only that, in the movie Michael, they showed you that the angle of light, how it works. What did they do, Noble? The bank was was beating the old lady out of money, right? And they had, uh-huh. and they had got the deed to her crib. When the movie first came on, Michael took the old lady in the bank who was hijacking her for her crib. Well, the moment they walked out the bank, the skies got dark, clouds started forming, and the bank was the only building that collapsed. All the other buildings was left standing, but the bank who was beating the old lady out of her money for her crib fell to the ground. So, so the photons or light is communicating through a lot of these movie directors and producers to show you how the science works. So when we tune into that angle, right, and we make prayer or meditation to that particular angle, you will get the forces of nature to coexist in this reality with you. And then all of a sudden, certain buildings will start falling and lightning will start striking places and floods will start happening in certain places and earthquakes will start happening in peculiar places and all other kind of things will start taking place because this is how the light actually responds to your thoughts and your intentions. And it tried to show you that phenomenon in the actual movie, right? And then, not only that, when at the end of the movie, when Michael had finally broke out and went back to the, to the fifth dimension, the dimension of light, right, which is why Michael Jordan came back wearing the four or five and he dropped 55 on the New York Knicks, right, trying to show you that it's time to take it to the fifth dimension, which is the dimension of light, right, once you get past the fourth and the third of density, uh, gravity, uh, width, length, and all these other things, you get into the dimension of light, which is the fifth dimension dynamic, where Mike was trying to show you that once you bend this angle at 45 degrees, you are officially into the realm of light, which is the number five, which is the 55, right? So, so in the movie, when Mike transcended and got up out of here in the movie, what happened? The people who were doing the reporting on Michael start seeing the name Michael everywhere. It was on the, the train platform. It was all in the newspapers. Like everywhere they looked, the, that name Michael kept showing up, which is the same phenomenon that's happening right now in real time and space. And I'm not making none of this up. These are real live stories that you can go validate for yourself. Why in all of these major news stories is this phenomenon the one that keeps popping up in your reality? See? And not only that, Noble, the, 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 the building that the news reporters were adjacent to when they walked out of the building, when they went to go place Michael in that geometrical shape on the ground, they were adjacent to the building that had the address 45 State Street. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> in the movie. So, so, so light from the fifth dimension, which is intelligent, is relaying subconscious messages to a lot of these people who have the power of filmmaking and imagery to relay to you a message and a dynamic of how you tap in into this capacity. So 
hashtag the Illuminati is dead, man. It's dead. So, uh, uh, let's see here. Any, I'm sorry, I think it was somebody else who had a question, man, when we went on a little rant there. So if it's anybody else um, who's got a question, comment, or concern, uh, hold on one second. This might, this person might be here. Hold on. Caller from the 954. Peace, you on the air? Caller from the 954, 907. Peace, you on the air? All right, maybe they just listen. All right, so... Um, and Joanna, I'm coming to you now. And for one second, we want to make sure we don't have anybody else on this line that got any questions. So anybody else, is there anybody else that got any questions, comments, concerns, want to add on to the bill, um, please feel free to press 1, and we will continue this dialogue. Outside of that, uh, we're not going to be too much longer. Let me go back to Joanna here. Joanna, caller from the 314 Joanna, you there? Yes, I'm here. All right, all right. Peace, sis. Yeah, I, I got your text. Um, they can't call in after a certain time because the... Uh, uh, yeah, I figured that. I just... Yeah, I yeah. So if they calling in now, it's saying something like the show is over. Only the people who was on but the yeah, line like when the show ended. Minutes, wait 15 minutes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, um... But if you got if you got family members, Joanne, uh, Joanne, excuse me, um, and they got time, I would much rather show them a private presentation by way of PowerPoint where we can really get sure. it in uh, uh, and, and pass this data on to the people there because this is how we get divine retribution in the eye for an eye and the two for a two. Right. Um, when, when 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 we understand that God is a very real force and that. Uh, we can call on these dynamics and these energy and these type of things will happen. And we've documented this over and over and over and over and over again. And it's only so much that I can really say on the radio, um, but it's a lot more that I can share in private uh, where we can have extended right. periods of time and really put together something for the people to really see. So all of the family, um, you know, if you can, whoever you can get that was trying to call in, um, the same way that I showed you the information and the presentation, they'll be able to see it the same way. And it's just not one-on-one. Like, that thing can hold up to, like, 200 people at a time. So if you got five okay. or six family members, they all can come on at the same time and view it. So if you want to set something up, Mike Brown's grandmother, yeah. his aunties, whoever, that you can get your hands on, that we can show them this information to let them know that the creator took Mike for a much more divine purpose, to, 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 to ease their spirit to know that this thing is something moving through God, then I think it would be a, a, a dramatic help uh, to the people of Ferguson. And that way we can put this work in on a whole other level and scare these people shitless. Excuse my language, but that's how right. I'm feeling. You know? That's wonderful. So, we can get that. We can set that up. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, I'm not going to hold the people tonight. Uh, I think I've said a mouthful and explained to it in detail how this thing works. So once again, the people who are still on the line, visit the website, 
MyAstrologyCoach.com. We got trips and events coming up. We're going to Sedona next month. Then we're going to be in Atlanta in October. So get with us. Stay abreast. Um, if you're looking for some counseling, we got all kind of things uh, and, and products available. If you're looking for some counseling to understand better who you are in this reality, dealing with the energy mm-hmm. that the Creator gave you to manifest what you need uh, and, and, and build your, your your life around your strengths and know how to deal with your weaknesses and how to negate them and strengthen them as well, then uh, visit the website, y'all, for the people that stood on the line, myastrologycoach.com. There's nothing evil about it at all. We use this science to develop people and help people grow and, and, and watch for potholes in the road. And we also use this science for divine retribution because um, that's how real God is, man, and, and, and justice has to be served, uh, and that's what we plan on doing. So with that, yeah. unless there's anybody else here who has any questions, we're going to close this thing down. We've been on now going on three hours, and I know people probably got work in the morning, got children they got to attend to, school in the morning, whatever, whatever. Um, but I'm going to close it out with prayer, man. Um, so I'm going to let it rip. Michael the Archangel, defend us from battle. Protect us from the wickedness and the snares of the devil. May God rebuke them, we humbly pray. And do thou, Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, thrust in the hell, Satan, and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. And with that, y'all, peace, Joanna, to you. Peace, Noble. I get up with you on the backside, bro. And peace to everybody that called in and listened, man. We appreciate y'all for coming out tonight. Y'all have a great Right. Thank you. Thank you.